Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Today's show is another personal story of resilience. But first, we have AMA episodes on the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, that is, Ask Me Anything. I love to answer your questions. And if you have a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to victor at victorjm.com. That's victor at victorjm.com. We are back and we are talking about resilience. And in particular, we're talking about the use of the 911 database. When a new property is developed, a municipal address is registered with the city or the county. Usually that address is generated when the building permit is issued. Somehow, through a magical process, this information trickles through the layers of government bureaucracy and eventually makes its way into the 911 database. The 911 database serves a critical function for public safety. It's used by emergency first responders to locate people in distress when they dial 911 from any terrestrial phone or, in fact, today, even from a mobile phone. Today, the legacy phone network is a relic that maintained a geographic relationship between a phone number and a physical location. Much of the phone network traffic today is now being carried over the internet, which has no such physical constraints. You can locate an internet address almost anywhere in the world. In North America, this year, 80% of the phone calls to 911 were actually made on cellular phones. Determining the physical location of a cell phone is done using radio triangulation from multiple cell towers and GPS timestamps. Nevertheless, the legacy carriers use the 911 database as part of the foundation of their physical network planning. Now we have a 200 unit project nearing completion where the physical address has been in existence for over a year. Somehow, the entry in the 911 database has not been propagated to where it needs to be. AT&T is not willing to provision an optical fiber data connection without it. Even though it's impossible to use an optical fiber to make a 911 call, AT&T requires it to provision the service. It's taken us months of conversations with the carrier to try and resolve the issue. We have pushed from all sides. We've talked to the city, to the office that issued the building permit. We've talked to the carrier. Nobody can seem to take ownership of solving the problem. At a certain point, it becomes imperative to solve the problem, irrespective of any reasons to the contrary. This is where we become unreasonable. That is, there can be no good reason to prevent the project from succeeding. That is absolutely being unreasonable, not accepting any reasons. So here's how we solve the problem. We know that optical fiber exists in the neighborhood. In fact, our neighbor has fiber on their property. So we negotiated a deal with our neighbor to utilize some of their unutilized fiber capacity that's currently routed to their property. The service will terminate in our neighbor's property and we will erect a roof-mounted directional antenna to extend the high-speed connection for the last half mile to our networking equipment. Now, this solution is going to cost about a couple thousand dollars in additional equipment. But frankly, it's a bargain compared with waiting another four months to figure things out. Overall, it means an 8% increase in my data costs in 2019. That's a drop in the bucket for the certainty of knowing that we can deliver top-notch internet service on our project on opening day. Pulling this off required the collaborative effort of no less than six people people with different relationships throughout the community. It's that unique combination of teamwork, resourcefulness, and collaboration that allows you to be completely unreasonable. As you're thinking about that, have a spectacular rest of your day. 
go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.